0: that's the beauty of these, you know, these music dedicated NFT platforms is you can go through and just listen to the songs. And if there's a song that you like and you want to support that artist who's, you know, given it a crack in web three, well then, you know, you can just go and purchase it and it's a, an easy process and, um, you know, you're, you're not paying huge gas fees and things like that. Um, so, you know, you can actually support artists for quite quite a low amount of money and, you know, you might spend $20, and that might not seem like much, but if ten people go and spend twenty dollars with an artist, that's two hundred dollars. Um, you know, that could be the difference between them having to get a, a day job or being able to do music full time. You know, so um, that's like that's to me that's what music NFTs are. Um, you know, they're, they're that that freedom, that financial freedom for artists, and to be able to support artists. Um, you know, in a in a real monetary way.
1: Welcome back to On-Chain Experiments, where we talk with the creators and collectors building web three. Solana and music NFTs on Solana are the theme of today's episode. We've got Boy King Koi, the marketing manager from Pixel Bands, a music NFT platform on Solana.
0: Hope you enjoy. So that's, a, uh, that's what we call a bush doof in Australia. Um, which is essentially just a festival out in the middle of the bush, so sort of in the middle of nowhere. Um, similar to like you guys have like, you know, Burning Man or something like that, but obviously not in a desert. It's in the bush. Um, so uh, yeah, I was playing. Uh, I had four sets across different stages and uh, camp. They have theme camps and things. So um, yeah, I was there for that, and uh, yeah, it was a really great weekend. Um, four days, so Thursday to. Well, I was there till Monday, but it's uh, Thursday till Sunday is the entertainment. Um, And yeah, just a really good uh, event and, um, you know, stoked that I get to go and play that show pretty much every year. Um, And yeah, sort of working my way into more of those sort of bigger festivals and things, um, you know, as opposed to just playing sort of, you know, the club scene here in Brisbane.
1: So this wasn't just you going in a being a consumer of the music, right? You were actually performing at this fest, at this, bu- what was the name again? Bush, 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 doof. Bush, doof.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was playing, I was performing, uh, DJing, um, One, one set was on sort of one of the main stages that's official, like, well, they're all official, but um, they have what's called theme camps. Um, And so they're sort of set up by the community. Um, They apply to be able to do it. But um, yeah, so there was a couple of theme camps that I played at and and, um, as well. So uh, yeah, definitely was uh, there as a performer and, um, but you know, it's, because it goes for so long, it's uh, you do have a lot of time to actually enjoy yourself. So most of my sets were on the Friday and the Saturday. So by about lunchtime on Saturday, I was finished all the stuff I had to do. Um, well, not had to do, but all, all the um, sets I was playing. So I got to uh, enjoy myself and see some, see some acts and go and hang out with some of the other artists. And yeah, it was pretty fun. Uh, weekend and you know good to reconnect with some some mates and artists that I you know we don't get to see each other that often because we're traveling around or they're traveling around and we live in different cities so um yeah it was really good to uh you know be able to see a lot of those artists and actually hang out with them and stuff so um yeah really enjoyed it and it was um yeah just a great great weekend or a couple of days so yeah
2: sounds like a blast man um I mean, the, just the music scene is so inclusive and, and supportive. Um, as far as, you know, being a DJ, though, like, what kind of music do you typically play?
0: Yeah, so, like, I sort of, I mean, I, I, I do play commercial gigs at some venues, and so in those places I'll be playing, you know, a range of different genres and things. But um, for the most part, <clears throat> I like to say, like, when I go and play at a, a festival or something where i'm representing me um and not necessarily a club it's uh i say i'm house agnostic <laughs> so what i mean by that is anything that's got house in the name i probably play it so deep house space house electro house tech house um what are, what other versions of house are there you know like anything that's sort of you know 122 bpm to 128 um you know four to the floor sort of uh, stuff is generally what i um you know, steer towards uh, and enjoy. So, um, yeah, I decided to to do that um, and choose a sort of more specific genre or set of genres um, over the years as opposed to just, you know, like I, I used to play everything. I used to be a party DJ and I realised that you're never going to be the best at one genre if you're just playing all of them because someone who just does that one thing, you know, is going to be able to do that better than you. So, um, yeah, a long time ago, I decided that was uh, the stuff that really got me, um, you know, excited and, and what I loved. So I chose to sort of go down that path. And I don't like to be too specific with the sort of house that I play because I think that there's so much good music nowadays and there's so many different um, crossovers of genres that, you know, it's it's sometimes hard to actually determine what, is tech house and what is bass house or something like that? So I don't like to to put too many labels on it in terms of that. I just say house agnostic and um and sort of yeah play a lot a lot of different um sort of genres within those sort of realms, I guess. And it sounds like y- you do a lot in the physical. You
1: do corporate gigs. You'll go to some of these festivals, the Bushduffs and um what are the other ways that you publish like are you publishing on spotify itunes do you follow a lot of the traditional music routes do you publish any music nfts yet are you doing any web3 platforms what are the like different ways that you express your creativity is it is it mostly in the physical aspect or do you do
0: anything in the metaverse so i haven't really performed in the metaverse as of yet like i've had a few opportunities um or people you know because there's so many everyone wants you know collaborate in this space and um so i haven't i've had a few people hit me up to do you know some metaverse stuff i haven't it hasn't worked out timing wise just yet obviously like we're just talking before being in a different part of the world to most people it can be difficult to to get the timing for those things to work um but yeah no i um you know i've got i've got a a range of songs on spotify um you know itunes soundcloud youtube all that kind of thing um that's uh you know i've probably got some on labels some independent releases um you know in the web 2 space uh and in terms of web 3 i've look i've made a few um different nfts on different platforms because you know we have a podcast called the nft project it's based around music and music nfts um and the nft space and so part of that is when we look at different platforms and different things we want to know how easy or how hard it is and what the experience is for creators so I um, you know have have created a number of NFTs on these different platforms just to sort of you know actually go through the process and you know instead of reading about it actually doing it to see you know how hard is it is it easy is it difficult how long did it take me Um, so you know I've got I've got some uh, some NFTs on. I think I've got oh, ones on Polygon on OpenSea. I've got some on Mint Songs. I've got some on Voice. I've got some on Pixel Band's Marketplace. Um, yeah, so I've got I've got a heap around the place, um, and I'm gonna be I'm actually gonna be getting rid of some of them. Uh, some of the ones on OpenSea. Uh, I'm gonna reduce a heap of numbers there. I've actually got a strategy for the future where the different NFTs on different platforms and, and different blockchains will actually, I'll actually start to attach different kinds and um, different experiences of utility into them. So that's something that I've, I'm looking at in the future to, um, you know, be across a few different chains and platforms and actually add in extra utility depending on those platforms and how many of those NFTs are available on each platform. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's something that, Initially, I just started to do so that we could learn more about, uh, you know, the creator experience. But then I decided that I would, you know, actually think of a strategy to, to make this work in a uh, a creative sort of way. So it's uh, it's something that I'm still thinking about how best to do it. And um, you know, I was starting my own sort of project uh, called Boykinku's Kingdom um it's still there but i've put it on pause uh just because I, I felt that it was better to maybe build up my um you know presence in the web3 nft sort of space and then try and launch my project uh, as opposed to you know launching it and trying to build it through the project um so yeah it's uh something i'm looking at but um you know at this stage it's just you know minting some nfts on different platforms and seeing how those experiences go. And, um, you know, and then as I sort of, you know, build a bit more of a presence in the space, hopefully, you know, people go and have a look at those NFTs and are interested in supporting and, you know, go and grab some.
2: It's amazing uh, just the involvement you've got going on in the space right now. I'm curious, you know, one, what sort of utility are you attaching to your music NFTs and two, how are you going about building that community prior to launching that project?
0: Yeah, so um, like one thing I did, this was actually through the project that I had um, I had started. Um, I gave away to the first 100 members of my Discord. Um, I didn't announce this to anyone. This was just literally when we hit 100 members, I told everyone, hey, everyone is going to get... Um, what i was calling a boy king coin um which was just a little nft of a gold coin um with my logo and and that sort of on it um that i got a friend to design uh and they were all then an access token the first thing that um that everyone i was offering was a one hour one-on-one um you know zoom call to talk about whatever they wanted uh whether it was you know, web two stuff, you know, in music and things like that, or if it was NFTs or if they wanted to just, you know, say hi and talk about their day or whatever it was, um, I was giving in, um, you know, that access of, you know, an hour access to me and, you know, that's uh, some people didn't necessarily want to take that up some people did so you know and that was up to them that's totally fine um so I've did I've done a, a heap of them I've got a heap more still uh sort of in my calendar to do with people but I think access is a big thing um and then in the future you know as well if if I was to do merch and things and actual items and tickets and the idea would be for me is that I'll add utility into things as as my career progresses and as my you know my ability to do that uh, and give back more you know progresses. So um, you know a lot of I think I think the problem with a lot of NFT projects is that all they give for what they call utility is more NFTs, which to me in my mind isn't actually really utility. Um, That's really utility that investors like. But, you know, this space, it it is heavily, you know, it's heavily flooded with people looking to invest at the moment because everyone wants to make money. But I think in the future, that's not necessarily going to be the case. I think once the technology is a lot easier to use uh, and it's not as, you know, difficult, you know, you gotta have different wallets and people are scared of being scammed because it's, you know, you've got full ownership over your wallet. I think once we have uh, some other systems in place and we have other people, uh, you know, coming into the space who aren't necessarily looking to, um, you know, be investors, we have more like collectors or music fans. I think when that happens, there's going to be a big change, uh, you know, in what, what utility is, and what we think, what we call utility. Um, so I don't think, I don't think just giving out more NFTs is really utility. Um, and so I'm looking, you know, with most things that I do, uh, when I look at NFTs and I'm looking to add utility, it's got to be something that's not just an NFT. Like people not just getting an extra NFT. Yeah, it could be a music NFT that's collectible that you're getting as an extra perk. But, you know, it should be things like, you know, in, in real life um, sort of experiences or, um, you know, merch or discounts or, you know, tickets to shows and things like that. Um, and so that's, that's what more interests me in terms of utility. Um, I think there are interesting things you can do by giving, you know, NFTs to people as utility. But it's to me it, yeah the, the utility really comes more as you know real world items or even access to, to certain things or platforms or you know or gated sections of stuff um, as opposed to just giving out more nfts how do you feel
1: about primary sales on opensea i know you'd mentioned that you've published some nfts on opensea on polygon And then you've also used Pixel Bands NFT, which I believe is on Solana. And I didn't know that you could publish NFTs on Pixel Bands. So I'm curious to hear more about that experience. Um, Do you have any thoughts? Like, how has the experience been publishing on your primary sales on OpenSea? Like, way different than reselling a board eight to get visibility um, that's already been sold on a custom smart contract, kind of like minting your primary sale on OpenSea as opposed to going to a more specialized platform like a Pixel Bands for your primary sales?
0: Yeah, so, you know, I, OpenSea was the first one that I that I did, and it was just – that was simply a case of I wanted to give it a go. Um, and I wanted to also – I also then made a video for my, um, for my community that, um, you know, that I shared in my Discord to sort of be like, hey, guys, this is how easy it is to actually just mint some NFTs. Um, so in terms of sales, I didn't really, I haven't really had any sales on OpenSea. Um, and I think, you know, you sort of touched on it there that it's OpenSea is more like, you know, it's an open market for NFTs as a whole. So like if you had a profile and a big profile within web three or web two, um, you know, you might be able to drive traffic towards your page on OpenSea. But as as far as like discoverability in terms of music NFTs, um, you know, I don't think OpenSea is really the place to be selling music NFTs, but that, that doesn't mean that you can't um, sell your NFTs on OpenSea, like, you know, Domino Music and there's there's a, a few other, you know, artists that have got music NFTs on OpenSea and they've sold, you know, hundreds of copies. Uh, and so I think with OpenSea, just the discoverability aspect of it for for music is probably not quite the best platform uh, so you know you're not really getting music fans necessarily in you know looking around for music in there um if you're able to drive traffic to your nfts through you know um, your social media or your discord then yeah there's um you know there's there's definitely options there and that's good to have those options but something like um yeah, so Pixel Bands, um, just so, so I'm fully transparent. I now work for Pixel Bands. Um, I'm the head of marketing for those guys as of about two and a half weeks ago now. Uh, and so I came on just a week before we were actually launching our minting launch pad and marketplace. So, um, you know, it's a, it's open at the moment. Uh, you need to hold one of, the, one of our Pixel Band NFTs. Um, you know, our floor is quite low. So it's like 0.3 sol, 0.4 sol. Um, so it's not much to, to own one of those. Uh, and, you know, if anyone really needs one to mint, um, let me know. I've got a heap and I'm happy to give some out to people. Um, but, you know, those um, the platform, it's totally free then to mint. Uh, just the Solana transaction fee, which is like 0. 0.0001 dollars it's it's so low um and then you can list it on our marketplace uh and that's also uh, you keep all of the royalties i think holoplex who we partnered with takes one percent um, but we're actually looking to fork the uh fork our code and um, start looking to do some more custom work uh, on our marketplace so uh you know you keep all your royalties uh, and that so that's only been around for like a week Um, the marketplace. We're still sort of developing it and we're looking for ways to improve it. Uh, But, you know, I've, I've just chucked some, I've only got one NFT on there at the moment. I'm looking to do more. I've got a bit of a strategy for the releases I'm doing uh, on the marketplace that happy to talk about with you guys. If, uh, if you want to know more about that, but um, you know, it's uh, yeah, we've seen some decent sort of sales in that week. Um, We haven't really pushed our marketplace too too hard just yet and that's because we you know in my mind I think that we need to work on our um, sort of collector and user experience a little bit more Um, some of the UX UI you know we want to we want to work on and and work with you know all the feedback and the artists that are releasing on it uh, to try and really you know improve that experience for everyone and so it's not something we've like I mean we have marketed it but we haven't been going hard on our marketing towards that um, but as we develop it and we're more comfortable that it's a, a really great, um, you know, experience for users and stuff, um, we're going to start, you know, moving that forwards. And the whole idea for it was that we really didn't want, you know, there's so many platforms now like Sound XYZ and and all these other platforms that are curated. We really didn't. We wanted to offer a space that wasn't curated, that was really cheap for artists to use, um, and really cheap for because it's cheap for artists to use it's cheap for collectors. Uh, and so, you know, I think we've got we've got some, uh, tracks on there that are as low as, you know, 0.17 or something 0.17 soul last time I checked. uh, Yeah. And that's so, um, you know, that's, that's us in, in soul. So, um, you know, that's quite cheap. That's like, you know, $17 or something like that, or at the moment it's probably less. (laughs) So, um, yeah it's you know uh, that's the whole idea with Pixel Bands is it's you know it's we try to we sort of compare ourselves a little bit to the early SoundCloud um you know how many artists were discovered on SoundCloud because of you know it was free for artists to get you know put their music up and develop fans through that so that's um you know and like i said i've only got one song on there i'm looking to put more on soon um but you know it's we've seen that that's you know i've gone through and just bought some music on there because I just literally went through, and that's the beauty of these, you know, these music dedicated NFT platforms. Is you can go through and just listen to the songs, and if there's a song that you like and you want to support that artist, who's you know given it a crack in Web three, well then you know you can just go and purchase it, and it's a, an easy process, and um, you know you're, you're not paying huge gas fees and things like that. Um, so you know you can actually support artists for quite quite a low amount of money and you know you might spend twenty dollars and that might not seem like much but if 10 people go and spend twenty dollars with an artist that's two hundred dollars um you know that could be the difference between them having to get a a day job or being able to do music full-time you know so um that's like that's to me that's what music nfts are um you know they're, they're that that freedom that financial freedom for artists and to be able to support artists um you know in a in a real monetary way.
1: Yeah, this isn't uh, this isn't like some of the other gatekeepers. It's very interesting. So there are four thousand four hundred forty four pixel bands, and in order to be able to mint, you have to hold one of those pixel bands NFTs. Is that right?
0: Yeah, at this stage, it is. We are going to open it up to anyone to be able to mint, but for that there will be a fee attached to that. um, Mm. But that's why we would encourage people just to get a pixel band NFT. Um, Like I said, they're quite cheap at the moment. Um, And yeah, there's 4,444. Actually, to be honest, there's less now. Um, The way our mechanics work is you can mint a band uh, with the four members from, if you get four different members of the pixel bands, you can take it into our studio. Um, And then uh, this was our first, you know, gen one project. Uh, and then you can actually, because they've got music loops attached to them, you can actually um, you know, create a song, a short song. Uh, this is the first collection was Lo-Fi. We're doing EDM next. Uh, and then you can mint it into one NFT as a band. So when you do that, the four band members get burnt uh, and it creates a band. So uh, I think we've got just over 200 bands now. So I think now there's about 3,600 and something um, band members Uh, and then, you know, obviously 200 and something bands. Um, As we move forwards with the marketplace and the launch pad, we're going to be building in more sort of advanced features. Um, So for those features, that's what holding a band will get you. So things like batch minting and, um, you know, uh, different sort of custom ways to display and sell your music uh, on the marketplace. So as we develop some more advanced tools, You'll be able to, you know, access them with a band, uh, a band part, uh, sorry, a band, and that will, um, you know, give you access there. But at the moment, uh, you know, we can only really, we're only really doing individual NFTs, um, and that's also part in part because of some of the limitations with the marketplace. Uh, Holoplex um, doesn't support additions at this stage, so we're trying to implement additions into the marketplace so that we can then, you know add in batch minting because if we had batch minting to begin with the marketplace would just be flooded with hundreds of nfts and it'd be impossible to find whatever you know what you're looking for so that's why we you know we've we've just started small and we want you know we want to we really see ourselves as helping independent artists and smaller artists um, you know that's the bigger artists and that can go and mint on sound XYZ and go and mint on Royal and stuff like that because they have these big followings and, and that so we sort of see our platform as a little bit more for the sort of indie artists and, and the smaller um, the smaller guys I guess you could say but um, it doesn't mean that and that's why you know anyone can go on there we really want to make it a really good user experience and collector experience so that, you know, people can go and find new artists and support those those artists in, in a real way. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's that's how you use the platform. Uh, just need to hold a pixel band, um, you know, and like I said, I think our floor generally at the moment hovers around 0.3 to 0.5 up and down, you know, depending on what's going on in the market. Um, and we expect that coming into Gen 2, um, those prices will change because if you hold a band, you actually get four free mints in gen uh, two because we realize that burning four of our NFTs to get the band is quite a big commitment. Uh, And so we want to make sure that we're sort of giving back to our band holders. So you'll actually get four free NFTs in the uh, EDM collection coming up soon. So um, that's sort of, you know, we're conscious that, with our nfts we have to not only give value for musicians which is what we're doing with the marketplace and the launch pad uh but also for collectors who are collecting because that's still part of the market so we want to be able to show them that you know they're getting something as well um and then musicians will be able to get the launch pad the marketplace and we're starting to build out um some of our artist tools as well sort of educational section uh a gated educational part of our website so um, that's sort of our focus as well, uh, and that's where we're moving towards sort of in the next month or two.
1: I find the mechanic super interesting because it's not it's not totally open, um, but it's also not closed and regulated by a central gatekeeper. It's not like a sound or a catalog where you need to get approval or a glass where you need to get approval from the owner's um but you just have to own an nft it's market it's market controlled if if people want to sell they'll sell and then it makes allows more people to join and then you say eventually it'll open up so it's only a temporary mechanic for people that like pixel bands a lot um and want that early access but you guys have sixteen thousand followers on twitter right now and it looks like audius is following you guys too and i know that they're a big platform on top of solana as well so for musicians that are listening to this and they haven't Uh, published any music nfts yet but they're starting to dig around inside of the music space what would you say to them when they're out there and they're like okay well i hear some people talking to me about this ethereum thing that that seems kind of cool but the gas fees are super high OpenSea will also let me publish on this chain called polygon and i know that there's a platform called like mint songs that'll do polygon so then like what about solana i've heard a lot of musicians over on solana and i hear that the fees are cheap what would you say to like a new musician that's Trying to figure out where they should be spending their time. Um, there's a lot of places that they could spend their time. Musicians are busy and they're publishing the music on other platforms. What What would you have to tell them about Solana and why why they should be interested, or at least like take a second to learn more?
0: Yeah, Solana is like a double edged sword. <laughs> it's um, <clears throat> it's great because it's got you know fast transactions which means that the the fees are quite low and it's using you know proof of stake as opposed to proof of work so um, in terms of the power requirements it's quite eco-friendly which means that again the costs for each transaction is quite low but that actually opens up a can of worms for uh, bots and things like that Um, so you know that because, you know, if you're using bots on Ethereum, the gas goes up and you'll have these gas wars and you'll end up paying, you know, a huge amount of money in these transaction fees. So that's why, you know, bots aren't really a thing on Ethereum. Uh, on Solana, we see that the network sometimes will go down when there's a big mint or someone creates a new bot system uh, and people are using that to basically spam the network with transactions. So, you know, we're trying to, as a, as a community, Solana is trying to figure that out because that is an issue with stability of the network. We see it go down sometimes and, you know, that's obviously not ideal or not, you know, it's it's not a good thing uh, in to see. But um, in terms of artists, you know, um, I think the really great thing about Solana is it's a very sort of – it's a very – It's a community of, of, you know, developers and builders. So there's really interesting and exciting projects going on in Solana. And the reason for that is, again, those cheap transaction fees. Like if you want to experiment and try and build something like a game on Solana, well, you know, you're going to be paying... Huge amounts just to be doing these transactions and experimenting on something like Ethereum. So that's why a lot of developers like Solana because they can sort of you know iterate and they can experiment on the network and and not pay these huge fees. So we find that Solana has a lot of like really interesting uh, mechanics and and program you know um, sort of projects and things like that. So I think. I think what we're going to see is that you know Solana will have its moment, and uh, you know we'll have more people and more eyes on Solana. I think it's I think I think Magic Eden has, is one of the um, the fastest growing uh, platforms that are, that you know onboards newer newer people into the space, <clears throat> and it's just because of those transaction fees. Um, that's why we wanted to, you know, create our launchpad and marketplace on Solana because, you know, like we said, for independent artists, you want those low transaction fees um, so that you can, as an artist, not have to spend a huge amount of money and then get, you know, um, maybe not sell any of your music NFTs and then you're out of pocket. Um, so it's like you can come and you can you can mint them on, on Solana and it's quite cheap uh, and not really have that risk of the overheads. Um, something like Polygon, you know, does exist. Uh, there's a few. As far as OpenSea goes, Polygon's a little bit, um, a little bit of a, I don't know, a sore, sore spot with OpenSea because a lot of uh, scam projects have been on Polygon, and again, that's because of the low transaction fees. Uh, You know, that anytime we're going to have these low transaction fee networks, I think you're going to see more scammers and more people trying to scam other people because of that fact that they can just create things without a huge investment. Um, So that's why I said, you know, it's a double edged sword, these networks with low transaction fees. It's great because it's obviously cheap for people and artists to use, but then it also kind of sucks that so many scammers, it's cheap for them to try and exploit as well. So Polygon on OpenSea has got a little bit of a bad reputation in terms of that, so I think that's uh, and that's just a perception thing by people. Maybe that'll change over time. I'm not sure. Um, Mint songs is really great. I, you know, I love I love the user experience and the collector experience on Mint songs and and the creator experience as well. Um, the one thing with Mint songs, I think, is little bit difficult is just the two having to have the two forms of crypto the weath and the uh you know the wrapped ETH, and having the um you know the polygon uh, manic as well that's probably the only um user experience i don't i don't like on mint songs but as far as like the website and how it all works and and things like that it's i think it's a really good place um but artists i would say just spend an hour if you can spend an hour a day and if you're an artist, you should have an hour a day to spend on your career. Right. So if you spend an hour a day looking at, you know, Twitter or one of these different platforms or listening to my podcast, <laughs> um, you know, cause we talk about all this stuff. We talk about the different platforms and how easy they are and, and what's out there. So, you know, if you, if you're an artist and you're really committed to your career, you should have an, about an hour a day to spend on, you know, on your career. So whether that's, looking through twitter and looking at you know what people are talking about looking at hashtag music nft or music nfts and and what are people talking about in the space and and then that's where you'll find these other platforms um you know and you can go and check out um you know if you look at cooper trooper he's got a he's got a uh, a little png uh document that has uh, you know, photos, uh, it's got the photos of all the notable projects in the different spaces. Go have a look at that and then, you know, start spending some time looking into those projects and what people are doing. And, you know, it's so easy to collaborate in this space uh, at the moment. So that's why I think, you know, we're, uh, you know, the people us guys on our podcast, we're very adamant that people need to get into the space now uh, so they can take advantage of that sort of collaborative sort of effort that everyone's sort of doing but I would say spend an hour a day uh, looking into these things because you don't want to miss them uh, you know when we all remember that Instagram was so easy to build a following in the beginning and TikTok is sort of a similar thing now and it's like why would you sort of miss out on that opportunity when you know I fully believe that this is going to be the future of music and and it's gonna it's gonna allow artists to you know do music full-time and think of all the songs and the artists that we may have missed out on because they didn't have that extra revenue and they gave up or they, they just didn't, they weren't in the right headspace to create that, that amazing song that, you know, inspired others and changed the whole sort of shape of the music industry and and the way music goes. So I think it's, it's really powerful thing and I think artists need to get in now so that they can leverage that and, you know, really just start learning. You don't, You don't have to, you know, spend 100 hours straight up, you know, in over a week looking into it and deep diving. You can just do a little bit, um, you know. A little bit a day is better than sort of, you know, nothing at all. So that's why I always say to people, just do a little bit. Even if it's 15 minutes, maybe start with 15 minutes. Surely everyone has 15 minutes to spend time on their career. Uh, And so, you know, if you're really serious about it, you you should be spending, you know, a little bit of time uh, every day or every week, on looking into this stuff. It's a really interesting
1: alignment that the lower the fees, the more likely it is for spam. And we saw that on platforms where the cost is zero, like in email, you get tons of spam emails and Facebook and Twitter, tons of these spam bots when the cost is zero. But if you increase the cost to send that spam on a network such as ethereum so that it's a non-zero value spam goes way down and you don't see the wallet filled and i agree on the polygon side i have musicians that will reach out to me in twitter dms telling me hey i've airdropped you a couple nfts and then i'll open up my opensea wallet and i'm like great you gave me two of 2022 in your erc1155 on polygon like thanks it there, <laughs> yeah. there's something to the, the the scarcity and now that solana's on opensea would you say um, would you say the same experience has kind of been felt or is there a different energy on the in the Solana side of OpenSea
0: well to be honest we didn't until okay bears came into this situation we didn't really see many sales on OpenSea um pixel Bands was one of the first projects uh, there was a small list of projects that were put onto OpenSea um from the Solana network, and Pixel Bands was lucky enough to be one of them. We didn't really see a lot of volume on OpenSea. uh, And, you know, it is still in the beta stage for, you know, for OpenSea. Um, It's not something that they've pushed really heavily, uh, OpenSea, in terms of, like, you know, visibility and discoverability and marketing. It's really just they've put it on there. Um, I think their strategy, as opposed to getting people on OpenSea to look at Solana projects, I think they're really actually were looking people on Solana to look at OpenSea. So they were looking to add, you know, users to their user base as opposed to, you know, opening up Solana to existing users. Um, And so I think that's, you know, we haven't seen a huge number of these, uh, you know, on on Solana, um, you know, sales and things. So the volume hasn't really been there. OK Bears obviously did quite well, (laughs) really well. But... um, you know, it's there hasn't really been, in terms of our project, a lot of um, a lot of sort of, you know, volume and sales on OpenSea, and I think that's kind of the case. Uh, I think slowly people are coming over to Solana, uh, but it's not something that's you know had a huge huge change on sort of the ecosystem, um, and so yeah, it's still still something that um, you know we need to work on, and I think that's why Solana is quite a collaborative community it's because we all understand that we need to grow the space as a whole before we can succeed. So there's, there's, you know, there's less competition and more collaboration. Um, as you get to the top of some of the top projects on Solana, maybe that's not the case. Um, you know, like you've got like D-Gods and, and you know, um, Solana Monkey Business, some of the top sort of projects, and they're kind of, um, you know, and OK Bears now, I guess, as well. Um, but they sort of uh, compete against each other quite heavily, which is which is good. It's healthy for the space to have competition. But um, as you look at the general, uh, you know, projects, there's a lot more collaboration uh, and, and that kind of thing. So I think as we move forwards, that might change as there's more people in the space. But at this stage, everyone's looking to just grow Solana as a whole. Uh, and that's, you know, that's something that uh, we were hoping Open C integration would help with. But I think the other thing is that we need we actually need a wallet that does um, you know that does Ethereum, polygon and Solana because that's actually you know a barrier as well that you know your current OpenSea user will have a metamask wallet. and you know if that doesn't support Solana, which at this stage I don't believe it does, um, it you know it's a what are they going to do? They have to sell sell some eth. They have to send it, they have to set up a phantom wallet, send it to the Phantom wallet. It's just another wallet they have to have. If they've got a hot wallet and cold wallet already, then you know then that's then they're probably going to want to set up two phantom wallets, you know, to keep that good security going. Um, so it's just, you know, it's just an extra step. And until we've, you know, until we've got one wallet to rule them all, um, I think it's going to, you know, people are going to stick to the networks that they've got their wallet on and their main sort of thing. They might dabble in other other places, but I don't think you're going to see any meaningful uh, adoption of sort of other networks until that kind of happens or they, you know, otherwise they make the jump over. I think you either choose, a net, most people will choose one network um, or, or, you know, a couple of networks that can be done by one wallet uh, and sort of stick with that. So I think, yeah, that the technology has to get there in terms of that. And once it does, we'll see, you know, more adoption of, you know, cross chain sort of, yeah, cross chain sort of, you know, users, I suppose, or collectors.
1: Have you played around with NFTs for your podcast? I I'm in nfts of this one and so I'm curious I don't have many other podcast hosts on here uh, have you thought of making nfts or do you currently make any nfts around your podcast we
0: don't it's definitely something we've spoken about as uh, as a team it's definitely something that we want to do I mean we've done po apps for episodes and we use that as a giveaway mechanism to be able to uh, use the po system to then uh you know draw from people who collected the poet um as winners for prizes and things uh but in terms of putting out our own nfts we don't want to just put out nfts for the sake of putting out nfts Um, so like i said before about the real world utility i think it's important to think through whatever you're doing um you know with with nfts and why you are giving them out like you're not just unless it's amazing art by some amazing artist You know, um, why are you doing it? Like, what's the benefit? What's the purpose? Um, We don't want to just do it to do it. So uh, we're looking to do something in the next sort of couple of months. We're still figuring out what that might look like exactly. Uh, But, you know, we want to, when we do it, we'll probably start by giving out free NFTs, um so that you know the people who are early supporters and and you know are along on the journey with us uh will you know will get something for free just for listening so um you know we're we're looking at how we do that and what kind of value we can add to those you know um how we can sort of make them actually worth having uh and then sort of give them out for free to our sort of fan base at the beginning and Hopefully then down the track, maybe we can sell some if we, you know, if there's enough interest there. And then that means that those people who got those free ones to begin with, you know, they'll actually benefit from that. So, uh, yeah, it's something we've definitely thought of and we're trying to figure out how we do it, Um, you know, what what we do. We thought, you know, maybe there's episodes or, you know, before before the episode when we're recording or afterwards or something we've recorded and we could have like sort of you know behind the scenes or bloopers or stuff like that and do that as like fun nfts and things but we really don't know uh, exactly what it's going to look like at this stage and you know we're really trying to just grow the podcast and you know um get some really good content out there because you know we're specifically doing music nfts and we're trying to help onboard more artists into the space, like, you know, show them why they should be in the space and, and you know, all these benefits. And, you know, we're just starting to do a lot more interviews-based stuff now. Um, So that's going to be really fun. But, uh, you know, it's just... Yeah, it's, we're just trying to uh, grow the podcast and, and stay consistent with it and you know get that content out there so that, you know, when we are ready to start maybe selling or, or giving out NFTs, there is actually, you know, a heap of content in terms of episodes that people can go and, and when they hear about or see our NFT. Oh, you know, what is this podcast? And they go check it out and it's like, oh, there's fifty episodes. Cool. They must be legit, you know, and they can go through and they can actually listen to a heap of episodes. You know, most podcasts get to about ten to fifteen episodes and stop. So um, you know, we want to just make sure there's heaps of heaps of episodes and content there for people so that, you know, they can they can go and actually consume some stuff and you know, not everyone's gonna be interested in every episode. So, you know, having a range of different kinds of episodes so people can go, oh, I'm interested in that or, oh, I know that artist or something like that. Um, You know, I think that's really important. So, but yeah, we're definitely looking towards, um, you know, NFTs and and how we can implement them because obviously that's what the podcast is about. Uh, But yeah, just just being conscious of not just creating them for the facts of creating them. You know, we're definitely not a project uh, or a podcast that's here to just, you know, try and make. Quick cash, like you see a lot of other projects in the space, can be. Uh, we're here for a, you know a long time, so you know because of that, we want to make sure that everything we do is well thought out and you know has a reason.
3: I mean, that, Hello. that's the. Oh, go ahead. You know, oh, yeah,
2: no, you're good, man. I was wondering if um, I could ask you a question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go right ahead, man. Happy to have you well, on. By
3: the way. Great. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's been great listening to you guys. And and thanks for giving me a, a second to just kind of ask more about the kind of the future of NFT utility. Um, I'm a music uh, producer myself and make video game music mostly, um, but also have 10 years of experience in the back end of YouTube. And I see a lot of opportunity for um, creating NFTs uh, uh, for licensing in you know, a variety of different music arenas, Um, you know, things as kind of the more straightforward ones, such as sync usages, right? So you can use this music. This is a a license to use this music in your creations on YouTube or a one-time fee for a particular video or a subscription or any of those types of things. But then also extend it out to like covers, right? Remixes. Uh, reaction videos, right? If you have a new track and people are going to react to it, it's a, it's a license to react to it without any any copyright claims. Um, you know, these types of kind of things that I know people are doing, but there really isn't a, a, a straightforward, scaled process to uh, have them, you know, doing it. Particularly, I haven't seen any, I haven't seen too much of it in Web3. I was just really curious about your thoughts in that realm, like kind of taking over the traditional, uh, licensing mechanisms, uh, as they pertain to like their digital, you know, opposite. Right.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. It's definitely something that hasn't been full. I mean, it's something that's talked about within the space, but I think the technology isn't quite there yet. And that's the issue. Like if you want to, you know, if you're talking about licensing and, and things like that, I mean, you can, you could have an NFT, that you know gives the right for that licensing but that's just basically like a handshake contract really it's not a legally binding contract like we talk about smart contracts they're not actually legally binding contracts they're smart contracts on the blockchain but they're not you know and every country is different in terms of their music licensing and regulations so it's you know it becomes a little bit difficult to actually um you know implement but like there's ways where I can see in the future where artists will probably sell two versions of a song. One will be a collectible version that you just have the right to listen um like you would, you know, like a normal, you know, purchasing of an MP three song, you've got the right to listen to it for private use. And then they might sell one at a higher price point, which would be the one that allows you to use it for um, you know, commercial purposes like you know, right. like you're talking about. Yeah, I think that that'll come. Um but in terms of like if you talk about licensing to sort of split royalties and things like that or, you know, give permissions. It's it's a bit difficult because the technology is not there. You know, if you've got a player, um, you know, if you've got, if we had some kind of music NFT player that would play things and you could track what's being played where, um, you know, otherwise, you know, so you'd need to integrate the nfts into youtube somehow um right to be able to, to get that licensing right and you
3: so, probably know more about that than me <laughs> yeah i actually want to i want to relay this since you're in the space and are influential and all that stuff and this is really cool um i'm new to the spaces thing where you can just like interact with the live stream you're following which is kind of crazy yeah yeah uh, i think it's uh, definitely something
0: the technology needs to you know get there and that's the other thing we need standards we need what does a music NFT look like? You know, what are the attributes that are uh, the metadata that's added to a music NFT? You know, how does it how big is the file size? You know, we all we all used to, um, you know, release music on CDs, right? And so that was a standard. So you had to, you know, that was a standard of, you know, how many, what the sample rate is, the bit rate was, you know, and, and the attributes, the metadata you could attach to those those MP3 files on the CDs. So it's something we need to work out as a community as well is you know, standards so that then YouTube can say, all right, we know what a standard, you know, commercial license for an NFT looks like. If it's in their wallet and it's connected to their, you know, to their uh, account, they can use that music. Um, but we until we come up with some kind of standard for it, you know, how does YouTube know what a commercial-licensed NFT looks like in a wallet? And, and that's the kind of, you know, we're, we're still trying to get there and figure that out. That's what everyone's trying to figure out right now.
3: That's awesome. And I just want to relay one extra thing to kind of let the imagination go forward. Um, so my company and I personally helped design a claim-release system where a catalog by catalog management is possible and you can submit through API channel IDs related to approved uses. So if you managed, you know, you or your independent artists, you know, manage their own accounts, um, you know, with, with kind of our company or companies like us that are trying to do this, you could uh, be able to manage those automatically and in advance. So you could that would be your way in and then from there um the the sound recording and composition side and how those get adjusted for covers and remixes is all configurable in the back end and could be automated and could be tied to anybody who tells us to all right this is a cover this is a remix this is an approved video id this is a non-improved and so the management of the assets in that back end can be throttled and reconfigured so that the business models we've been uh, discussing could exist
0: that's really cool i I love that the one pushback you're going to get from the web3 community is that's a centralized um, sort of process going through one uh, you know one network and the whole thing about you know web3 that people love is that decentralized nature of it is that i don't need a platform to do most of the things that i'm doing so the way that uh you know i think you guys could integrate it and there's definitely nothing wrong with centralization i actually believe that in the future you're going to have these hybrid systems where decentralized and centralized parts of you know of a process are going to actually be better um you know there's there's definitely places where i think centralization is a better is actually better than decentralization and we, we just have to figure out the best parts of everything and, and integrate them together so uh, that's the only thing i can see you know um you're getting some pushback on but i i think right. that's really great that people can do that um you know it's to be able to figure that out and i suppose that uh, how far along in the process would you guys be with NFT integration? I suppose the other thing is all the other platforms have to have it, right? Like YouTube has to have right. the integration well, yeah, as well.
3: Yeah. Well, we have the we have the end ready to handle. So if we are to be, if we're given a catalog, right, like a catalog of music, like if you sign an agreement with your artist that says you can represent that in that arena, you know, um, and they give you the okay, and then that comes with monetization in that arena then this is kind of like additive value for the artists and it opens the door for the creators related to these artists to utilize that music in their products and help promote their you know their, their music so i know that decentralization is important and in, like kind of fundamentally important but i also as a, someone who lives in web 2.0 and and recognizing that a lot of the revenue still comes out of web 2.0 that we need a Web 2.5 period, where like there's you're you're pulling the revenue f- from sources in Web 2.0, and then delivering those, albeit clunky at the moment, uh, to Web 3.0. The, so you have that, and then whenever the main money is coming out of digital applications, then you untether yourself from the reliance on Web 2.0. You know, so I, I'm I'm optimistic in the fact that there's like a, I think there's going to be a transition point, a period. No matter what, and so you know, even if it ends with their own demise, they have they'll have to integrate at a certain inflection point of popularity of Web three and at that point they will also be transitioning out <laughs> of of dominance. You know, but that's just the way of things. You know,
0: but uh, yeah, that, well, those
3: are
0: my uh, yeah, no, I, I love I love where you're going with, and I think what you guys are doing is important. And if you if you can find ways to integrate, uh, and then you know push other you know, platforms and things to integrate as well. That's, you know, that's great. Um, you know, where I, I strongly believe that Web3 is an and, not an or. Uh, so, you know, we, we can still have traditional Spotify and, and you know, Web2 things that exist and use them, but we can also have these extra things. And that's what I try to tell a lot of artists is it's not about, you know, choosing to sell NFTs or choosing to do spot use Spotify as a, you know, a way to, to, you know, get revenue in. It's it's an and, so it's using that as well. It's creating an extra revenue stream. So I'm a strong believer that it doesn't have to be just one. You know, either or. It's uh, it's gonna be. You know, it, it's not it's not Spotify or um, NFTs. It's Spotify and NFTs, and that allows that extra revenue stream. So you know what you said was you know hit it on the head. You know that Web 2.5 finding ways where we can sort of integrate web two with web three and you know take the best parts of both so i think the best the thing is that web three uh you know with nfts the best part of it is that it's it's sort of all automated by the technology uh and that's what people love uh something like on pixel bands we we can when you mint your nft you can set up four royalty splits so if you've got you know, different artists and you want them to have a different percentage of royalty, um, you can put their wallet in and you can set up how many royalties get it so that when that's sold or when it's traded, everyone gets that split straight away. There's no middleman, no anything. It just, when it's sold, it gets distributed to those wallets, those royalties, and you don't have to, no one has to do anything. So I think, you know, when we can get to the place where, you know, where the web two side of things we can integrate with it to do that um through the nfts that's where the beauty is because you know if if you have to have a uh, you know someone managing all the accounts and saying oh this how much came in we need to give these percentages out um you know that's where it's sort of, you know, that's where the technology will come in and really sort of push things forward. So, but yeah, I, I love what you're doing and I'm definitely going to uh, follow you and hopefully hear a little bit more about it some t- some stage down the track because that's, I think it's important that we don't, you know, we don't exclude people from Web2 and because some of the best ideas are probably going to come from people in Web2 um, and, and that's so, you know, we, we need to work together really to to make this whole thing work. So, definitely keen to uh pick your brain at some stage about you well, know, yeah i would, you love, know, to. would love
3: to and this uh, this tech is already up and running uh, for the most part there's more features we can make but uh when it, particularly when it comes to like the clearance system you know to of approved users and and through a variety of different ways in which to do that keywords channel ids ad keys that are like alphanumerically generated or whatever or randomized randomized or whatever but um yeah, there's a lot to talk about. And there's a lot of uh, application within the YouTube system, uh, particularly, that I think as long as we're, you, you're the one, you know, somebody is submitting, maybe it could be broken up into every artist, but um, as long as someone's submitting the approvals, then uh, it's, that, that could be added value to music, uh, uh, to licenses, or to acquiring a license, or whatever. But, sorry, I'm a little, uh, I guess, nervous or whatever. But um, yeah, anyway, love to talk about it more. Um, and, yeah, lots of applications for NFTs in YouTube and music, for sure. And we have a lot of that system already made. So would love to talk to you about it. Anyway, yeah, thank you.
1: Neatly, super interesting combo about licensing. Appreciate you coming up and picking Boy King Koi's brain. I did have a question for you as a podcast host. Last question before we wrap up with the normal question for what everyone's excited for in this next week. Boy King Koi, what do you guys use to record your podcast what's the platform do you use like anchor do you use zoom where are you and your team at when you're recording your podcast
0: so yeah, we we like to say that it's a decentralized podcast because we all record it from home uh, and we're using Restream at the moment. Um, we, did, we were using Zoom, uh, but we wanted to give Restream a go. One of the guys uh, is a big live streamer um, for DJ sets and things like that with video and multiple angles and just the way you can sort of have control over the video we liked um, and the fact that you can live stream as well. So now we've actually started we probably won't do it with the interview style ones, but when we record our episodes, we actually live stream them to our Twitter as well. Um, So, you know, you can see the live video uncut um, of us, uh on our on our you know uh twitter page uh and we have the live streams there um we then you know obviously make the the audio version um i pull that out and um get all the three channels and clean them up and make it sound a little bit nicer for the audio um we don't really cut out anything or edit things um we just you know i i basically just you know add the intro music and make sure that our voices sound good and and you know compress them a little bit, just make sure that everything's level and and nice for an audio experience. Um, And then, yeah, we we just put that out. We also then use the video to cut up short clips and things like that to be able to, you know, put on different platforms. Um, And, yeah, so eventually we'll probably chuck everything on YouTube as well. Uh, But we're just, you know, we're just, like I said, trying to get that content out there. We've got all the video and stuff recorded, so it's all there just a matter of you know editing it all and you know getting it together and that's kind of the beauty of restream is you can kind of do a lot of that within the actual application and because there's three of us on the podcast uh, one of the guys brock he's generally in charge of that so you know we can put up uh you know all our names underneath and then we can we can highlight you know our along the bottom we can put up our Um, you know, our Twitter account and stuff like at different stages and you can change all that stuff uh, quite easily. So we've been using Restream at the moment Uh, and, yeah, like I said, we're all in different locations so that's why we we use uh, online. You know, I've got another podcast called A Beer With where I interview artists and DJs uh, and stuff like that, Uh, industry professionals, but I like to do that in person. So that one, you know, is is obviously just done in my studio. It's not, uh, you know, not something that – that I can do online because it's just a different experience. So, but yeah, we love, um, the fact we can do it online from anywhere. Um, I actually sit in my bed when I do, um, when, when I do the recordings cause it's kind of at my house, it's probably the best sounding room I have. Um, so yeah, I'm actually sitting in bed uh, with my laptop and, uh, and webcam and that all set up when I record. So, um, it's a, it's a different experience to, to you know sitting in a studio with all the lights on and, and everything so it's uh yeah it's we, we love that we can do it from anywhere and um yeah it's restreams what we use but we have used zoom we use anchor to upload uh to all the platforms and distribute uh and that's yeah that's pretty much how we go about it
1: experimenting in public is so beautiful to just go on a live stream start talking and the like We might mess up, we might not get it perfect, but we're doing it live is, I think, a great way to create and not overthink it. How we usually like to end this episode is just uh, asking, what's something that you're excited about coming into this next week, Sunday night when we record this, just a good chance for us to talk about something that we're looking forward to in this coming week. You can talk kind of uh, broadly about Web3 if you know of any releases or upcoming features that you're looking forward to. Or I know you're doing a lot, Boy King Koi, in your own personal creative life. If there's anything going on that you want to, like, shout out, something you're looking forward to, what's something that uh, you're excited about in this next week?
0: Yeah, oh, so many things. Um, a lot of stuff I probably can't talk about yet, but Pixel Bands, we do have a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, we are opening up. Uh, we're starting our Gen 2 collection, so... Um, I mean, I can say that we've opened up, uh, we're opening up STEM submissions or loop submissions for artists. Um, so they can actually submit, uh, you know, we've got, so we, we put out the parameters of the music. So this is an EDM collection. Um, the music has to be 128 BPM. Uh, it's in F minor and the uh, it's an eight bar loop uh, of different instruments. So the instruments are drums, bass, uh, synth, which can, which like lead, which can be like a synth melody lead, or it can be like a vocal melody chop, um, and then effects, so sweeps, rises, uh, things like that. And um, those basically artists can submit those, um, those loops or stems, and then uh, you know they'll be attached to our music NFTs that we sell, that can then be you know um, combined to make a song. In, uh, in our Gen 2 collection and, you know, we sit, we've already given out uh, and paid out over 75. Well, we don't even have to pay it out. It just gets, like we were talking about before, it automatically gets distributed to the artists uh, when anytime it's sold. So they get 50% of all the royalties. Um, you know, we've paid out over $75,000, uh, you know, since January on our Gen 1 collection. So, you know, one of, our, one of the artists made 20 grand just off making some eight-bar loops. Which is wild to think of. So I'm excited to see what uh, you know, what kind of submissions we get in for that when we open that up soon. Um, we haven't. We're announcing tomorrow uh, when the when the um, the submissions will open up for that. The dates. Um, we're we're opening up for band mem- uh, band holders first um, because so many people um, submitted in Gen One, and we're, we can see that from the money people have made Gen Two. They we're going to get so many submissions. So we had to figure out a way to sort of, um, you know, give back to our holders and community um, and also make sure we didn't get flooded with submissions. So band band holders will get to submit first and we'll assess how many uh, submissions we get and allocate them to, you know, how many NFTs. Then band member holders, uh, so just the single NFTs, will get the next shot. Uh, Then we'll reassess and then we'll open it up to just anyone after that. So I'm really excited for that to happen um that's sort of on the pixel band side um if i talk about like you know myself i've got a heap of music i'm working on uh remix that i'm working on i know um on the aria charts in australia then the number one track at the moment is by one of my mates so um, i'm working on a little remix it'll be unofficial because i didn't get it done in time but i'm looking to get that one out and get that finished this week Um, And then, yeah, we're just working on a heap of music. Now I don't have a day job, so I can actually go to the studio and spend eight hours in there. Um, you know, during the day, which I did last week. So uh, on one of the days, so just excited to be able to create. Um, you know, Web 3s done exactly what I spoke about. It's given me that uh, financial security to be able to you know, do music full time and um, you know work within the Web three. You know, NFT community, particularly the music NFT community. So um, you know, it's exciting times for that. In terms of the podcast, we're starting to do uh, more interviews now, like I spoke about, because um, we're seeing so many artists really succeed in the space, um, you know, we want to highlight that and show artists that are maybe on the fence about jumping in, you know, like, I'm going to be like, Hey, look, this country artist sold $250,000 of music NFTs, um, you know, and that's life changing for some artists or for most artists, I would say that would be life changing. So um, yeah, we're, we're going to start interviewing more people on the podcast and highlighting these great stories of success and, um, yeah and just you know i'm just excited to see the space grow and um you know there's so many new things and and new people to meet within the space and and connect with and you know even just something like this today having a chat with all all, all you guys you know maybe there wasn't many people in the audience but that doesn't matter um you know we've we've had one person come up and ask some questions and and there was some awesome discussion that came from that. Um, so I think, you know, the web three space is you know, something that I just love the collaboration and the fact that you can just sort of connect with people so easily. So, um, I'm constantly surprised every week of, you know, things I didn't know about that I then find out about. Um, and, and yeah, so I'm just excited to, to keep, you know, being within the space and meeting new people, um, I don't really, I don't. There's nothing like I've I could, There is some really cool stuff that I can't announce with Pixel Bands, but um, you know, if you uh, if you check out our Twitter and follow us, we'll uh, you'll probably hear about it this week. So, um, you know, definitely uh, some cool stuff happening, and there, you know, there's cool stuff happening with all the projects, really. So, um, I'm just excited to see what else um, you know, pops up on my radar this week.
1: Virtual. I know you just got back from a cross-country flight, so you're probably still in recovery mode. What are you excited about this week?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, appreciate the space, um, boy. King, first want to say, you know, learned a lot from just this, this discussion about music NFTs. You know, your story and background. So, really appreciate you coming up and sharing your story with the community. Um, but yeah, man, just just got back from uh, Burlington, Vermont on Friday um for the audience that, that doesn't know, I, I just joined Super Plastic. So basically, you know, worlds we're the world's top creator for animated celebrities, uh, designer toys and uh NFTs. So think about, you know, Disney, Supreme and Marvel having a baby and you get super plastic. Um <laughs> we basically don't give a fuck. We we control this universe of characters to to do whatever they want. So um you know, we we've done some collaborations with Gucci, Paris Hilton, uh, Christie's. Um, we're we're currently working on a project with uh, Vince Staples. Um, you know, we're we're connected with some pretty pretty fucking dope people and brands. But yeah, I'll be I'll be entering my my second week next week. So basically, working on the partnership side of things. Um, so really excited for that to just continue learning about the brand, adding value and, and building. You know pretty amazing relationships with these top companies. Um, And then on the personal side, just uh, focused on staying grounded um, and just, you know, continuing along my healing journey. Um, You know, this weekend was a little challenging for me um, as far as, you know, just dealing with uncertainty and fear for, for what the future may hold. But um, this space just kind of being able to take a a backseat and listen was, was super helpful and healing. So yeah, yeah, super, uh, super excited for the upcoming week, and uh, happy to be here. So, thanks,
0: dude. Congrats, that's awesome. You just got that job. Congrats, that's that's really cool.
2: Thank you, man. Thank you. It's uh, it's an exciting time. We're in brand building phase right now, so we're we're you know just trying to work with some amazing people, and uh, like you, kind of similar for you. We've got a lot of crazy stuff in the works that I can't. Um, Speak about, But definitely follow our, our Twitter account as we kind of continue to release, you know, new projects and um, designer toys, NFTs. Uh, yeah, some crazy stuff going on, man. Yeah, echoing that. Um,
1: really, really cool to watch you growing on your journey. To see my friends winning in Web3 is like the promise coming to life. And just in our DMs with the, some of the podcast guests we've got coming up. To, to do just do an intro and be like virtual.eth partnerships at super plastic is like i'm very proud to be in your circle remy you're doing very impressive things and before i say mine i see we have diaz uh diazgrim.eth did you just jump up uh anything you wanted to add before we, we were about to close out but wanted to give you your chance to speak as well
2: yo what's up team um, I'm Diaz. I just want to say it's cool listening in on everything that's happening. I'm excited for this Web3 space. Uh, I'm in New Zealand here, and I've just signed uh, two contracts with two major music-orientated uh, government agencies here to be the head advisor on Web3 for what they're um, funding and whatnot in New Zealand. So I'm just keeping my eye on what you are all up to globally in this new space and excited to um, see where it all goes, and especially with what you're just talking about, what you're about to do. That's dope, bro. Thank you so
3: much.
0: I'm here so in Australia, so you're my neighbor. You're just over the pond. <laughs> yeah, what's up, Aussie? Shout out,
1: love. I know there's always a little bit of tension between Australia and New Zealand, so it's... <laughs> to Thank be you. here
2: and, uh, only when the footy's on. Only when yeah, the footy's that's on. a <laughs> thing, but, uh, That's a sports thing, but I think in the music world we're pretty aligned.
1: If you have not already checked out our NFTs on Mint Songs, go ahead over to Mint Songs, check out the NFTs that we have released. They're all super affordable. They star all of the guests from each of these episodes. And we have now started releasing with 0x splits. So you know that when you buy an NFT from this podcast, 50% goes to our creator fund and the other 50% goes to the musician directly to their wallet on chain. Thanks for tuning in, this is Sweets, signing off.